Hello and welcome to Gen Z and Friends. We are back. And just to touch on that, before we get to today's episode, at the beginning uh, of this venture late last year, I said to myself I would record three podcasts, sit down, review the process, whether it was actually enjoyable, did I have the resources, you know, what came of it and how it incorporated into everything that I have going on. So over the Christmas period, I did just that and I've decided to uh, go for it. Here we are back in your ears for the first podcast of 2022. Uh, I have decided to hire an assistant, Ewan, who will be helping me with a lot of the background supports. Uh, we're not going to make any promises on how often you know we release these podcasts, but uh, what I can say is that we will be having conversations with founders, content creators, investors, and entrepreneurs, primarily from the Gen Z community, which are ages 10 to 25, uh, who are on their own exciting journey of building businesses that will be the future. Uh, and I'm also going to incorporate several wiser heads who are proven winners <laughs> and hopefully their stories, strategies, tips and tricks that you pick up along the way uh, will inspire you and the next generation to push the boundaries uh, and continue to change the future. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to today's conversation. We have Mr. Shane Fan on the podcast. Shane moved to the US from China at age eight and is one of the most exciting Gen Z founders out there right now. Uh, he graduated the University of Berkeley at age 18 and actually became a professor there. Uh, he's amassed over 4 million social media followers uh, with more than a billion views on his content. So I'm going to talk to him today about his new crypto startup, his social media strategy, what he sees for the future of NFTs, Web 3.0, uh, and how he stood out so early on in his career. Uh, we're going to actually find out Shane's biggest and boldest predictions for 2022. Uh, and touch on the Gen Z community uh, and everything in between. So here is my conversation with Shane Fan. Enjoy, and I'll see you soon. podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment, legal and tax advice. All opinions expressed by myself and the guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect that of Mahoney Asset Management and Newbridge Securities. Shane, welcome to Gen Z and Friends. I'm really excited to have you joining us today. Uh, we're going to talk all about your story, how you've built this huge social media following, graduated Berkeley at 18, and then become a professor. And then we're going to talk all about the startup you're currently in the process of launching, all of which is going to incorporate Gen Z, Web 3.0, and maybe even a little bit of cryptocurrency. So uh, there's a lot to get to today. I want to start with getting to know Shane, uh, the person, a little bit more. Of course, you have so many strings to your bow. Uh, but let's rewind. 
tell me a little bit more about your upbringing you know what do your parents do and then what is it you know you find some enjoyment in i can imagine there's plenty of stuff going on in the in the sunny state of california yeah thank you man for inviting me to this podcast i'm very excited and yeah i'll take it away with a two-minute intro so my name is shane and i'm 19. i grew up in shanghai and uh, immigrated to the states when i was uh, around eight years old so i basically grew up here and um, I graduated high school very early at 15. I went on to Berkeley, um, where I founded a cloud company in course on campus, which had 150 students. And after that, I did some research at Harvard and graduated Berkeley at 18 and ended up uh, becoming famous on TikTok uh, and Instagram with 4 million followers. And now I'm running a Web3 startup. Wow. Well, first of all, you know, a bit of a breakout year last year. Obviously, 2021 was, was huge for you. I want to actually read out a tweet which I came across as I was preparing for the conversation. Um, so Shane Fan at Shane Fan X, my 2021 wrap up. So graduated from University of Berkeley at 18 grew from zero to four million followers on social media, made a lot of friends. Uh, traveled for the first time by myself and then founded a crypto startup closing raise soon. Next year will only be better. So, of course, there are obviously several amazing accomplishments there. Uh, what stood out to me was the uh, the bullet point made a lot of friends because, you know, as a young tech influencer and founder, I'm sure it can be a, a lonely place. You know, some sometimes your friends at college or they're going out partying whilst you kind of plug away uh, at your project. So can you walk me through the tweet a little bit more? And then when you look back on 2021, as, as your first breakout year what was one thing that stood out you know and surprised you most right so um i graduated school very young so that means like when i was in school all my classmates were about four years older um so that was so like starting from the age of like 16 or like 15 and having like 20 year olds <laughs> friends um it, to me it felt pretty normal actually okay. but this year it was very very different in the sense that it was uh, i went out into the real world not just within school um so after um like getting uh, a social media following i realized that there is a lot more to the world than there is um, within just school so i went out um reached out to a lot of really cool people um made a lot of friends with uh, investors other founders and other like founders my age. Um, and yeah, we realized that like by doing what I'm doing, like founding, um, if you don't have a very good network of support, it's extremely hard because you don't know if it's gonna do well or if, like if it's gonna succeed at all. But if you have that network of people supporting you, um, you will just keep going um, and it's, it's the most helpful thing in the world. For sure. No, I'm sure that, that can be a great motivation, you know, having those uh, those people backing you, uh, especially not just monetary, but also, you know, socially uh, outside of business, you know, in your free time. So uh, when you when you talk about that kind of uh, following, you know, as a content creator with over four million, you know, social media followers, and I saw over a billion views now, you've coined yourself the, the trying not to laugh guy on uh, TikTok. And that's obviously the premise of, of many of your clips. 
So tell me more about how that happened. Was there one video in particular that blew up and, and went viral? Uh, and how do you, you know continue to grow the following? Is it a case of you know quantity over quality in regard to the, the videos and the content? Or you know, as a cloud computing professional, did you kind of work out the algorithms of what resonated with the masses? Yeah. So I actually wanted to be famous. Um, that was why I started the TikTok or started any socials at all. And I came up with the strategy because if you think about it, the more you post, the higher chance you're going to get a, a viral video. And also the more you post, the better you are at getting um, filming videos, uh, editing videos or whatnot. So in the beginning stages, I was posting 30 to 50 videos every single day on my TikTok account. Um, and because I posted so much, uh, I grew very, very quickly. Um, like within, within like, like a month or like a month and a half, I got to a million followers. Um, the next month I got to 2 million followers and just kept going up, um, like crazy. Um, and I, I, repl I replicated the same thing, um, because like I would, got kind of bored when I was like at 2 million followers on my main account. So I was like, let me try starting from scratch in a different niche. So I actually have a second account on TikTok, um, that's on comedy skits. So that account uh, is not really active anymore, but I, it was just a more of a challenge for me to see how fast I can grow the account. And within 48 hours of creation, I grew the account from zero to 300,000 uh, 300, followers, completely organic without me advertising on my main channel. Dude, you gotta you gotta let me in here. I'm I'm a little bit of a uh, of a dinosaur when it comes to TikTok. I've not took the dive into it. So you're obviously is it the setup, you know, in terms of the camera positioning and the lighting and the actual maybe the background that you have on for the TikTok, um, or is it you know the sense of uh, what's actually you know you're posting in terms of how many you're doing is it is it is it kind of all of it come together or is it just one particular thing you know that that, that kind of hit hits off well um so basically you have to look at it at an audience perspective right okay. if you look at content um you if you want to actually get viral um compared to like if you want to like be a niche influencer you will have to appeal to the masses so imagine what everyone else wants to see, not just you, right? And people will probably want to see like a clean video, a high quality camera, or even like at the opposite end, like low quality for like the meme aspect. But you have to really tailor your content to like video quality, audio quality, um, the sounds, if they might get people more interested. And also just try to get people to watch it all the way through or even twice right so it's very important that people actually want to watch your videos click on your profile and like watch more of your videos so the easiest way to do that is to um see current viral trends or other viral accounts and then just uh, imitate what they do uh, in your own style to have your own personality on top of what already works Interesting. Right. Interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, I think when I look at it, you know, you've got TikTok and LinkedIn. They're the two kind of organic platforms where you don't need to have, you know, any followers, you know, to go viral, you know, Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook, you know, you've got to have some 
background there in terms of building that. And my strategy has always been reach out to people who are a little bit above you, you know, maybe you have 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 followers and you're, you know, you're interacting with people who have got 20, 50, you know, and you kind of take that staircase, but uh, your, your approach is a little bit different, you know, really um, intense in that aspect. So I think the idea of, of that and maybe creating super fans, you know, people who are going to click on, you know, and keep watching not right. just one video, but three videos, five videos. And the next thing you know, you know, they've gone through all your content. Um, and to bounce from that, you know, you created, I think you've got the Discord, over 20,000, you know, people in there all kind of part of your community and we'll talk about community um a, a little bit now you know i think it's an overused word <laughs> to be honest in in the tech space uh and a lot of the growth is being done you know on web 2.0 uh, for the listeners that's the everyday website you know facebook twitter instagram you know where we can post and interact with dms likes comments um so if we're moving now from web 2.0 to web 3.0 which in essence is the idea of um, instead of the social media companies owning Shane's page and monetizing from it, now, you know, on Web 3.0, you own the decentralized infrastructure to interact with your community. You know, you incorporate AI and, and blockchain technology. So I'd love to get your perception, you know, of Web 3.0 and what ways do you think the Gen Z community can utilize it and benefit, you know, from the shift with it being so early in its infancies? Right. Well, obviously, no one can predict the future. Um, if uh, we can all predict the future, um, <laughs> life wouldn't be the same, right? right? So right now, Web3 trends seem very similar to, let's say, like 20 years ago or a little more, where like the HTTPS boom or like WWW, right? Um, we feel, it feels like Web3 is um, a lot of people testing out the waters. Um, and trying to see if this is really where it's going, which I believe it's uh, can definitely happen. Um, with Web3, uh, and anything can be tokenized and uh, every, everything is trying to be decentralized in Web3, which I think is very powerful, having everyone being able to control uh, what they own uh, on the internet. No, I agree. And that, that segues nicely, you know, into the next part of the conversation, which is going to be about what you're working on right now. Uh, and that's the new startup, you know, uh, you're in the process of launching that. So can you give us the motivation behind starting the new company? What, what is the idea you're bringing to life? And, you know, what's the potential here, Shane? Right. So currently uh, the company is in stealth mode, um, but I can tell you a little more on the motivation behind starting the company um instead of like sure. what, with what the company is sure. so well we start how we started is um i have been in the nft space for a while um over a year now um and we base i basically launched a lot of uh collection projects uh did dev work for mid-tier to high-tier nft collections and also just uh being very involved in the nft space and what i realized is that there's a very very uh big market inefficiency in the current space, which is why I built uh, my current company um, to solve that problem. Interesting, because I uh, I just dipped my feet into the world of NFTs. I, I published an article, kind of my step-by-step -step guide, you know, on uh, getting into the space 
straight from you know transferring ETH into your OpenSea wallet, <laughs> taking the plunge into actually making a bid, uh, and then how how you go about you know uh, maintaining you know the wallet and and if you want to sell the piece, how that all works out because it, it's quite intimidating, isn't it? You know, for for an individual who's um, you know historically just had a bank account <laughs> and maybe a bit of cash in the wallet. Now they've got you know uh, a Coinbase account, they've got an investment account, and now people are logging on to OpenSea and uh, I, I can't remember the other name of the other big platform. Um, so, so let, let's talk a little bit about NFTs. So um, my, my perspective is that it's going to be a great way for, you know, artists um, and musicians, you know, to actually reap the rewards of their pieces, you know, instead of just having it sold once, you know, at the, at the auction for a couple of thousand dollars, or if it's a nice piece, hundred thousand dollars, they get kind of a bounce back every time the, the piece is sold through. Um, and you talked about, you know, you've been leading some projects. I have, uh, and as many have obviously know the crypto punks and the board eight yacht club and, um, cryptodes. And I, I own a blade on a punk. So let's talk about, is there any project, you know, which you're excited about right now or any ones that you've, you've kind of stepped into that you, you'd like to talk about? Um, well, I don't really like to like show other collections, um, sure. just because, uh, we don't know that like, right, right, right. It's right now, even though it's like decentralized, like decentralized, like most of the projects right now are still like governed by the like project collection creator. So like, if they decide to rock the project, they can, which is what, uh, we're not aiming to do. Um, I mean, I don't want the space to go this way either. So, right. um, but yeah that's uh that's what my ideas are yeah so so let's so let's let's kind of go back a little bit so if you know there's kind of three things that you're kind of going to be working on here to, to make to make this happen you're gonna to have to execute on over the next kind of three years to 10x you know the, the project and everything you're working on right now what are those things going to be is it you know building your network in the space is it really delving down on on the dev projects and bringing out some great talent how uh, how do you see those goals playing out I think with Web3, because this industry is moving so fast, I believe the biggest thing the founders should do is to uh, to watch current trends. Um, so, for example, when we were um, back, let's go back to May, um, where when Board Apes launched, back then, bonding curves for NFT collections were a very big thing. But Board Apes launched, and they were like, bonding curves are a scam, a Ponzi scheme. And basically, bonding curves don't exist anymore nowadays with uh, NFT collection projects. Um, and also like, for example, Wolf Game, uh, like two, two months ago, um, they got super viral uh, and people on Twitter were all hyped about it. But right now the hype is about NFT marketplaces, right? So if you watch the current trends and adapt your project uh, to what people are wanting to see, um, if you execute it fast enough, I believe that's how you can grow your company uh, the fastest way. Interesting, interesting. So we have, you know, OpenSea, I think they got valued at 10 billion in the last uh, round of uh, funding. Do you see many, you know, marketplaces being born uh, out of, you know, in 2022? Or do you think OpenSea is kind of monopolized uh, that marketplace industry? How, how do you view that? We believe uh, OpenSea is not going to be monopolizing marketplaces in the future. Um, there, there are a lot of competitors coming up 
and we believe uh, NFT marketplaces uh, will all have different specialties and will definitely replace OpenSea in the future. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think there's going to be different niches. You know, you might have Meta, which focuses on, you know, Metaverse and, and maybe Play to Word. And then you've got maybe OpenSea, which is just kind of the artwork and the, the PFP, you know, the profile picture place where you go you go and buy buy, buy a painting or, or whatever to, to put, um, you know, in your in your Metaverse house, per se. Uh, all very exciting. There's so much, you know, to think about. As a financial advisor, you know, I'm thinking about how I can uh, manage people's wallets you know how i can uh, not just help them with you know stocks and etfs and bonds and investments but can i help them and manage their crypto accounts and even you know their wallet and talk about projects and what they might want to be passionate about to lean into um and then obviously when i think about you uh, and your stellar startup i don't know if you can delve into this at all but how's the uh, how's the funding pattern looking are you are you bootstrapping it or are you doing some crowdfunding or is it uh, the case of looking for some vcs uh, in exchange for equity right so we're right now we're doing a venture round um and we're trying to close by the end of this month wow wow so so very exciting mate we're all we're kind of breaking news a little bit <laughs> and uh no i um i'm excited for you obviously where this goes um so as, as someone in the finance world we obviously have listeners who you know come from from all realms of life how does that uh vc um kind of pro, pro process look you know are you kind of reaching out to people trying to pitch in front of them is it all kind of on zoom or are you using that kind of network from you know berkeley and uh, other kind of sectors from harvard and you're going to meet these people in in person how, how does that look so what well, has well so basically in the like first few meetings uh, we reach out to investors or uh, tag pin current investors and ask for recommendations and as as long as there's like some traction and if your product or and team are good um right now we have a lot of interest from a lot of different um, investors and we are just picking who we want right now fantastic so, yeah so in the very beginning stages it's uh pretty hard i would say but once you get the ball rolling uh, everything just comes in together good good that's that's good to know because we have you know gen z founders listening in and that can just be such a difficult you know place to start and especially if you've not <laughs> you've not kind of uh, wet, wet your feet into it or done your research it's, it's difficult to get off the ground you know and get that exposure so hopefully uh, we can help those those kind of guys through that um so let me i want to just ask you a little bit obviously you're a very young individual you're uh, you've done some amazing things i want to ask how do you approach these kind of new situations you're in obviously with people around you are much older are you very much kind of delving in hands-on you know in terms of learning everything or do you kind of sit back and study it and and then kind of give you peace how, how does that look so i'm very big on hands-on learning so if you have any ideas or you have any uh, things that you want to try out, just go for it. That's my opinion, um, which has done pretty well for me. Um, I believe if you like can't go back and to study the field before you actually go into it, you might lose motivation before you even start. And also, um, uh, it just takes a lot of unnecessary time while you can learn much faster being hands-on and learning along the way. 
No, I agree. And that's even what I said, you know, when we were preparing for the interview, you know, I can cut, edit, remove anything, but I, I can't add anything. So, you know, you've got to leave it all out there <laughs> per se. Um, yeah, and learning through doing is, is what we do. Uh, and we like to advocate for in investments, you know, in investing, you know, you've got to get started, understand your risk reward uh, and your feel for, for certain investments. So um, I want to ask you, have you got any advice, you know, for other young entrepreneurs in the Gen Z community? What are ways that they can maybe grow their personal brand to, to be attractive in a world of such competition? Right. So right now there's a lot of competition um, in like any space you go into. And I believe the way to bypass the competition is to not have competition at all. And the way to do that is to find your own backdoors to solutions um, and uh, try to um, basically stand out in ways that you don't think you are standing up, but you are actually standing up. So let's say um, you're a student um, at a university and your GPA is not the best, right? Then you cannot use your GPA to like to to show these uh, employers that you are you're better than other people. You have to show something else that you stand out in. Um, but obviously, if your like strong suit is your GPA, then by all means go for it. But um, but you should think of different ways um, to get everything. But uh, everything is realistic if you try hard enough. Um, even anyone can do anything, and that's so that. Good. No, no, I think that's great advice. And then for you personally, is it a matter, you know, are you working, you know, 20 hours a day, seven days a week, or do you really just take that time, you know, over the weekend to mull over and enjoy yourself? And then do you hit it hard maybe for a few hours in the morning? How's your, how's your schedule in terms of work and brainstorming? How does that look? So it really depends on the time frame. Um, right now, I'm working like 20 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, and that's really not an exaggeration. But um, before, before I actually have a project to work on or have an idea, um, most of my days would just be um, just figuring out what to do. So, so like it's very, like I would say bipolar, um, like the time frame of like you like relaxing or like figuring out what to do. Um, it's you you will feel pretty demotivated because you don't know what to do. You're kind of lost in life. But as soon as you see some spark, um, I would say just go for it and just go full time. Um, and I don't I have no regrets. I really enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's um, that's how at least someone like me should spend time. Good mate. No, I think uh, you know Del diving in with two feet you know, not being shy and, um, and, and getting your hands dirty uh, is great advice. And obviously it's led you to, to all these successes. Obviously I'm really excited, um, you know, to see, see what comes of uh, this, you know, hopefully we'll have some news in the next few months about the startup. Um, so where can listeners go, you know, to find more about you and, and the startup and uh, any, any bold predictions, you know, to end on for, for 2022? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I usually update my life um, non-startup related on Instagram stories. So you can follow me on Instagram uh, or for more like accomplishments, uh, I update on Twitter more. Um, and both predictions, I, 
I, I believe I'll be a unicorn founder pretty soon. So that's uh, what I'm trying to at least aim for. Yeah. Fantastic. We're, we've got to leave it on, on that high note, you know, hopefully uh, we'll be able to do this again, you know, Shane. And uh, once everything's out in the open, we can talk about it a little bit more and uh, what the real goal is. And um, and yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you uh, you taking the time today. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening. For more content, you can visit www.bensbullsandbears.com or search Ben's Bulls and Bears on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you found any value in today's conversation and think a family member or friend would enjoy listening, please share and drop us a quick rating. It goes a long way as we continue to grow Gen Z and friends.